You're listening to Living Free and Fulfilled. I'm Katie Bach, your host, a Gemini, yogi, intuitive spiritual guide who believes in the magic and the power, the wisdom that lives inside of you. And that's what this podcast is all about. I am on a mission to empower you to create a life that feels good for you, a life where you can live it your way. Tune in each week to hear from me, to meet new people as they are interviewed, as we share together tips, tools, practices, experiences that have guided us to create a life that feels good so that we can support you on your journey to live a life aligned with your soul as you plug back into yourself rediscover your power, your inner wisdom, and the magic that truly flows throughout you. Are you ready to live free and fulfilled? A new episode starts now. Welcome back to episode six. I'm here with Nicole Shackelford, and we are going to talk about the building blocks of resilience. This is a really special episode for me because Nicole is a really great friend and I've also been working with her for the past six months and she's been coaching me and the experience has been so amazing. I have learned to build resilience in areas of my life I didn't even realize I needed to. And so I cannot say enough about what coaching with Nicole has done for me And so I am just honored and thrilled to have her on the podcast today to share these building blocks of resilience with you, because I know how powerful they are in your life. So Nicole, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me, Katie. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. I am the creator of Be With, a virtual wellness studio. Um, I'm a trauma-informed yoga teacher, facilitator, and what I call myself a wellness catalyst coach. And I really believe that as human beings, we all have trauma, that the human experience is traumatic, and we all need more tools in our toolbox to become resilient humans and live life to the fullest. I completely agree with you. 100%. All of our life experiences affect us in ways we often don't even recognize until we take the time to become aware, which is why resiliency is so important, right? Absolutely. So I know resiliency is kind of a word that's thrown around a good bit nowadays, um, but what does it actually mean? Can you explain to listeners what resiliency actually means? I definitely can. Uh, I do feel like sometimes words get overused and we just aren't entirely sure what they mean. So for clarification purposes, resilience is our capacity to recover or to bounce back quickly from difficulties and our ability to withstand adversity. So the way I like to describe it is to think of ourselves as rubber bands. If we can be stretched out and then snap back to our original size, we have a significant amount of resilience. But if we don't practice resilience tools, we can become like that rubber band that's like dried out. And when you go to stretch it, it kind of breaks in half. Like that's absolutely burnout. And when we've gone too far. Absolutely. That's such a great example. And I can actually, as you're saying that, think of that happening in my life. 
you know, when I started coaching with Nicole six months ago, I was at dried out rubber band and I had cracked. My resiliency was not there because I had been going and going and going and not totally aware of how the experiences of my life were affecting my body, were, were affecting my nervous system. And so becoming that elastic rubber band again, where I can bounce back has been such a journey. I won't say an exciting journey or an easy journey, but it has been a journey. And I'm at the point now where I can look back at it. I can say, wow, it is pretty amazing to have gone on that journey to rebuild that resiliency, which is really done through awareness. And so I know to my core, that resiliency is important because I have personally experienced being that broken rubber band and building that resiliency to become the elastic rubber band again. Um, but Nicole, can you explain why it's important to someone who may not have that direct experience I've had? So resiliency is important because it's our ability, our ability to be resilient. It has a direct dependent relationship on all areas of our life. So you mentioned your nervous system, right? Our nervous system has a certain amount of capacity to experience stress. And if we're not in tune with our bodies, then we don't realize how close we are or if we're in burnout or if we're actually thriving. And then our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health, our social health, everything is connected. So we can have resiliency in each area of our lives. But we, it's important we pay attention to it because it does need to be nurtured and it does need to be built and grown. And with that, too, it's built and grown, right? But it's also something that I had built resiliency to a certain point in my life. And then I became overwhelmed, you know, when the pandemic hit, when I had to close the physical studio space and really turn everything business-wise in a different direction. And on top of that, just living through a pandemic is uh, certainly a traumatic life experience for every single one of us. And so my body, my brain, you know, my mental health, my spiritual health had just reached this point where it was breaking. And because I was in this space of going and going and going, I didn't realize that that rubber band was drying out. And so that kind of brings us to the importance of the continuous practices, the continuous pause, the continuous check-in to recognize when and where your resiliency is starting to fall apart and how you need to build it again. So we could certainly talk about the importance of practices um, throughout your daily life. But before we jump into that, let's talk about the building blocks of resiliency, of resilience. I know you have seven building blocks to tell us about. So can you give us some information about where they came from? So I just want to point out that she mentioned the pandemic and that everyone became acutely aware of their level of resilience when they were stretched to the max with the pandemic. All of the uncertainty, the lack of information, and ultimately our lack of control during a time where everyone was facing uncertainty really pushed us to the limitations of our resistance. And a lot of us found ourselves in burnout. So it's a very natural reaction to a very unnatural situation in our lives and our experiences. So resilience is important for us as adults, but it's also important for us um, as children. 
And so there's a doctor, there's a child pediatrician, Dr. Ginsburg, who has made himself popular with the seven C's, the seven essential building blocks of resilience and how as parents, we can teach these to our children. So I'm just gonna mention what each of them are, not just in the context of children, but how we all need these. So according to Dr. Ginsburg, child pediatrician and human development expert, there are seven C's that are the essential building blocks of resilience. They are competence, confidence, connection, character, contribution, coping, and control. Which one of those seven C's stands out the most for you, Katie? Well, right off the bat, I'd have to say probably the combination of competency and confidence, because I know personally when I'm working on a large project, like for example, right now I'm writing a book and sometimes I am in the flow of writing and sometimes I just can't kind of get anything out, but it's a large project and it takes time. And so there's not a sense of completing it because it's a process, right? And so when I notice myself getting anxious, when I notice kind of like that resiliency is weaning, I'm becoming that dried rubber band again. I do something else creative because I um, really need that creativity personally. It's just part of who I am. So I do something else like I go to a sewing project or a crochet project or something else that I know I can complete in a day's time because it gives me that sense of competency, that sense of being able to do something, to have important skills, to feel like I can complete it. But it also builds my confidence to know that I can navigate the world. I can think outside of the box and say, okay, I need to pause and go do something different to support myself. So the two of those have been really essential in the last six months for me, especially when tools like yoga and meditation that have always been my go-to to calming my mind, to, you know, building that resiliency weren't available. They just weren't something I could practice for months. And so the new creative outlets have been really supportive in me building that competency and confidence to be resilient for those larger projects, for those stressful moments. Yeah. When we face new stressors or things are out of our control, we often find that the things that soothe us, that calm us down, aren't working anymore. And I remember from our coaching together that that was a really important awareness for you, that the things that normally worked just weren't doing it. And that's how you were able to identify that you were really, had become that stretched out, dried out rubber band. That being said, a lot of times we're not necessarily taught these things in childhood or they might not have been supported or um, really instilled in us when we were young people. And so as adults, it's our responsibility to create these things for ourselves. Absolutely. So we can take these building blocks and really make them our own, no matter what age we are or what challenges we're facing. Absolutely. I totally agree. And um you know, so we kind of talked about competency and confidence there because I was sharing my story. Um, but I think it's really important to just kind of explain what each of these mean. You know, competency is that we have opportunities to develop important skills, to feel competent, to feel like we 
can recover, we can support ourselves, we can complete things, right? And confidence is that that belief in yourself, your ability to navigate the world, to think outside of the box, to recover from challenges. And, um, you know, and then that next C was connection. So, Nicole, can you explain the importance of connection? So we, as humans, we are meant to be in tribes. We're meant to be in groups that help us survive. That's what helps us regulate. And so it's our connections with other people, with schools, with our communities, that gives us security to know that we're not on our own and for us to have freedom to develop creative solutions. So when the pandemic hit and we were all isolated, that really hit us and took this building block away from us and we had to become creative in how we could connect with others. This is such an incredibly powerful building block too, because this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the episode about coaching with you, you know, over the last six months, that connection, because I am a person who is always like, I'll do it on my own. I'll figure it out on my own. I don't want to place my stuff on anyone else. You know, I'm just going to figure it out internally. I had four planets in retrograde when I was born. So I'm very much internal thinker, internal, you know, Uh, processor. And it was the coaching, the connection that was built between, you know, during those coaching sessions that allowed me to rebuild my resiliency to do things like, okay, this large project is stressing me out. Let me take a pause and go do a smaller project that I can complete and rebuild that competency and confidence, right? But without that connection, that co-regulation from you, Nicole, it would have been that much harder for me to be aware of those moments. And that I think really speaks to the importance of connection. Absolutely. There's this huge misconception with the current self-help error left over and lacking from the nineties that we should be independent and we should be strong and we should be able to tackle the world on our own. And the reality is, is that our physical bodies, our nervous system, we need other people to have a sense of safety. And it's when we're in safety that we can be our best selves. We can be our best creative selves and tackle new projects. If we don't feel safe, then everything becomes infinitely harder. Literally has to do with our neurobiology. So with coaching, I was so excited when you um, agreed to help me complete my coaching program because I have gotten so much out of coaching for the exact same reasons. It's the connection with another person who's holding a safe container for you to explore all the things that aren't working. Absolutely. And I believe too, that the connection piece actually really lends a hand to that next sea of character and a commitment to integrity, right? Integrity with yourself, integrity with others, but that connection piece in coaching to have that connection really supports the awareness within yourself to have integrity with yourself, to be in that integrity. Would you agree? I would, because one of the big parts about coaching that I found helpful, one of the exercises that you and I did together was our core values. Identifying our core values helps us identify what's driving us. And if we're living our life in a way that's integral with our authentic selves, right? So identifying what our core values are helps us to further define our personal integrity. And when we know who we are, we have a clearer sense of resilience because we know what's not working and then what is working for us, for us to lean into. 
Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about contribution. People who contribute to the well-being of others will receive gratitude rather than condemnation. So gratitude, again, allows us to really check in with what's important to us. And when we're able to contribute and give back or to give to one another, it helps fill our cups up. It helps us um, self-regulate and self-soothe and feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And that's really important when we're building our overall sense of resilience. It's kind of like when you do something for someone and you can feel the joy that it gave them. You can feel that joy and it kind of like exudes out and touches you and it brings you that joy because you've given to someone else. Um, I think it's really important to mention here too that contribution is about giving, um, but part of resiliency is also to know when you need to pause the giving and give back to yourself and contribute to yourself. Yes, I think it's fair to say that all of these seven C's really go both ways. We need to give them to ourselves and to others. You know, we need connection with ourselves, with our higher self, with our core values to be able to connect with others on the same level, right? We need to contribute to giving to others and participate in society or in our little groups, whether that's our family or our communities. But we also, like you said, burnout is when we're giving too much and we're not receiving. So we need to have balance. I know that's not your favorite word, but we need to make sure that we're doing both, that we are giving and receiving. You know, I am coming around to the word of balance. It's not quite so like, eh, to me anymore, because I think it's about the mindset we have when we talk about balance. You know, it doesn't have to be balancing the scales. It's more about the balance of what's working for you right now. Right. And we have to, you know, we give to others, but when we receive, we're giving others the opportunity to contribute to us and to contribute to our health and to our resilience. Absolutely. And that can also, you know, talk about coping, right? Coping was that next C, but it really can kind of embody these other C's that we've talked about, right? Because coping could be like how I build my competency and confidence again. I recognize that I need to do something else. And so I cope by focusing on a smaller project to give myself that feeling of competency and confidence. Um, We could also say that with connection, right? A way to cope is through connection um, and through that contribution as well. But the balance of the giving to others and giving back to yourself. I agree. I I think that with coping, we have to identify both the healthy coping mechanisms and the unhealthy coping mechanisms. We all learn things that have helped us to survive, but things that we learned that helped us survive as children don't always serve us or help us as adults, and they can actually contaminate our lives and make things more difficult. So that's one of the awesome things about coaching is we can identify, well, this used to keep me alive, and now it's really making my life that much harder, right? So again, during the pandemic, a lot of people were able to see how they actually needed more coping strategies or healthier coping strategies over the long haul. You know, when when things change, how well can we adapt and what coping mechanisms get us there? Absolutely. And I have to agree that the coping part where you have those dangerous coping mechanisms that served you at one time, but don't serve you anymore. And through that awareness that happens in coaching, And, you know, when you're practicing that mindfulness, being aware without judgment, 
that's how you can kind of discover those ways that you cope when that, that no longer work for you anymore. Um, I know one of my dangerous coping mechanisms is spending money. Whenever I'm like in a spot, I tend to spend a lot of money. And because I have this knowledge, you know, sometimes even now I find myself going to spend money. Um, like just this past week, I was like, I'm going to go to Joanne Fabrics. I'm going to get some, some sewing stuff. And I kind of paused for a minute and I was like, wait a minute, am I stressed? And I'm coping, I'm spending money. Right. But then I was like, okay, yes, it is true. I am going to spend money, but I'm also going to get stuff for me to do a project that supports me in a healthy way. So it was the awareness of the process that actually built confidence in myself to recognize that I have this dangerous coping mechanism. But in this instance, I was actually supporting myself for a healthy coping mechanism. Right. So it's the awareness. And then really the next one where it was initially control, but we kind of changed it to choice where you have that choice to make the choice, the ability to choose what supports you, the ability to understand, to, um, you know, take the responsibility and to make choices that serve you. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that spending money was one of your coping mechanisms because unfortunately it's one of mine. It's one of my low, like my low grade coping mechanisms. So like when I was home during the pandemic, it was great because I could online shop and just never check out, right? Just put everything in the cart, never check out, still got a dopamine hit, still got some serotonin. It was okay. Well, last week I made the mistake of leaving the house. And so I went into the store, I went to BJ's thinking I just need one or two things. $160 later, I was like, I really didn't need deodorant in bulk, but I didn't catch it when it was happening. And I justified it of I'm saving myself money over the long run. Um, but I didn't have the space and the awareness because I was, I am stretched out currently. So I did not catch myself. So you're absolutely right. Like the, gra- the most awesome thing about resilience is to empower ourselves. And choices always empower us. But noticing when we have those choices, right? And like you said, multiple times, as we strengthen one building block, they kind of inherently strengthen the other one. So noticing that your coping skill or our coping skill is shopping, right? And then making better choices or making choices that are supportive to us overall, not just in the moment, right? Because it felt good to check out with five packs of deodorant. and now. Not so much, right? Because it's all just sitting in my closet for who knows how long. So they all strengthen each other. They all support each other. And the more awareness we have them individually, the more awareness we have about ourselves and how we can navigate life's difficulties with a little bit more ease and definitely more confidence. Absolutely. And I think from everything we've kind of talked about today, it is safe to say that, you know, the foundation of our resilience, the building of resilience is going to be done through embodied living, awareness of yourself, awareness of your mental health, your physical, your spiritual health, and kind of having that support to be able to be aware of it. Would you agree? I would agree because it's the support that helps us know that we're safe. If it's the right kind of support, 
then we're safe and we know that we can grow and we can choose and we can decide. When we don't feel safe, everything comes from a place of a fear reaction and that can make things way more difficult. Absolutely. And so I know we've talked about this before as well. Both Nicole and I are yogis. We are, you know, explorers of yoga philosophy. We teach, you know, yoga philosophy. And a big part of yoga philosophy is the yamas and niyamas, which are 10 guidelines, principles, you know, whatever language you would like to use with them. But they are really the foundation of living a resilient life. They are 10 principles that build upon each other. And as you embody them in your life, you build resiliency naturally. So I have to say that I came to yoga after um, just feeling like my life was really out of my control and being on a consistent, stressful, emotional roller coaster. And I decided to start making some changes and I started decided with my body. So I took yoga teacher training to learn how to work with chronic pain and chronic migraine in my body. And that was about 2015. And I have to say in the past oh, six years that I've learned so much about myself and I've built so much inner resiliency through yoga and essentially through living the yogi philosophies of the yamas and the niyamas that I'm I'm so much happier with where I am in my life and it made the pandemic easier for me to navigate. So as part of our yoga teacher training that we offered last year, we did the yamas and the yamas. And I was amazed at the takeaways that people had when they did a little deep dive into each of the different yoga philosophies. And they do pair up with these essential building blocks of resilience very, very easily. Yes, every time I do a Yamas and Yamas exploration, um, which Nicole joined me this past round, every participant has some kind of life-changing experience because we do this deep dive, we do this exploration that is building resiliency. It's bringing awareness to you, to yourself, and to where you need that resiliency and where it's kind of becoming that dried up rubber band, right? So really an amazing, amazing way to build your resilience. So Nicole, do you have anything else you'd like to share about resilience? Even though it's become a, a catchphrase or a buzzword, resilience really is the way in which that we are able to withstand adversity, to bounce back from difficulties and whatever life throws at us. And so when we want to live our healthiest lives, we can't address that without addressing resilience. And life becomes much more, I don't want to say easy, but it's like we have a map. When we know our resiliency skills, we can navigate with confidence. And the yamas and the niyamas are almost like that map to give us direction so that we know where we're going and we know where we're at. Absolutely. I, I truly believe that the building of resiliency has created more freedom within myself and more freedom within my life. It's really an amazing thing. And so I know that Nicole does a lot of things with building resiliency. She has some workshops she does. We do a Yamas and Yamas exploration, 10-week course. And um, Nicole, can you tell listeners where they could find more information about 
you, about Be With, and, and your resiliency workshops? Absolutely. So we offer a variety of things because we know that, you know, people come to things in a variety of ways. So you can find out more about Be With at the website, www.bewith.org. That's just the letter B, with.org. For some of our upcoming workshops around resiliency, for our upcoming yoga training, and our deep dive into the yamas and the niyamas. We're also on Facebook and the other social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, Nicole. I am truly honored and thrilled that we can share this information with others. And um, thank you, listener, for being here. If you are enjoying the podcast, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button and drop a review. I'd love to get feedback from you. And um, lots of love. We'll see you next episode.